Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers. I'm your host, Paul Beckerman. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. The topic of today's episode is digital mind mapping. There are different names for this activity. I call it digital mind mapping. Others call it webbing or spider mapping. Some call it bubble mapping. Essentially, it's the process of recording ideas in a visual web and then drawing lines between ideas that are connected. The most common starting point for this process is drawing a circle in the middle of your page and writing your main topic into it. Then you draw three to five lines outward from this middle point and add a new circle or bubble at the end of each of those spokes. In each of those circles, write the title of the subpoints to your main point. Essentially, you're breaking down your topic into subparts. You'd continue these same steps for each of the smaller bubbles as well. This process of deconstructing a larger topic is really powerful. It helps us make sense of the main topic, while also helping us to generate a list of details that we may wish to study further. Essentially, it helps us conceptualize our current learning and then make a plan to extend upon it. This works great for processing notes you may have taken. It's a great way to break a large project into manageable parts. And it's a tried and true strategy for brainstorming and outlining in the pre-writing stage of writing or any creation process for that matter. In this episode, we'll take a look at several digital mind mapping tools you can have your students use and then share a few strategies to consider as you are implementing them. First, the tools. What are some cool tech tools I can use? Two tips! Instructional technology. Number one, Mindemo. With a free account, you can create three fully functioning mind maps. Template options include mind maps, organizational charts, timelines, outlines, and more. When creating your diagram, you can add text, video, images, notes, comments, links to websites, and more. Another really powerful feature of this tool is that it is collaborative. This lets you share your work in view or edit modes so others can see it or contribute to it. There's even an option to assign tasks to members. Collaborative editing is really powerful when each student has a device, and this is ideal for teamwork or group projects. Students need to create an account to generate a mind map, but they do not need an account to collaborate on someone else's map. Number two, MindMeister. This product is similar to Mindemo. Once again, you can create three mind maps with the free version, although some features, including attachments, are only available in the upgraded plan. As with Mindemo, you can include text, icons, notes, and comments. Because some of the features are locked in the free account, this option is probably best for text-based mind maps. MindMeister has a collaboration feature similar to Mindemo, so students can work on the same map simultaneously. Number three, Creately. Creately offers three limited canvases with a free account. This site is quite powerful, but also a bit less intuitive, which may make it better for older students. There are lots of project management sections in Creately, and you can find all the mind mapping tools under the education category. One of the strengths of Creately is that it provides a lot of robust templates to get you started. If you're looking for a template that allows you to focus on typing in ideas rather than developing the structure, this is a good option. Templates range from spider diagrams to concept maps to T-charts and Venn diagrams. Rather than focusing on multimedia, this tool primarily focuses on text, colors, shapes, connectors, and links. Number four is Poplet. 
This tool is available as an app or via their website. With a free account, students can create one full-featured mind map. The Poplet interface is a bit simpler, which may be better for younger learners. Students double-click to add their first idea box, and then click the little circles to add sub-boxes. They can add text, format the appearance, upload images and URLs, and insert a video from YouTube or Vimeo. And number five, Google or Microsoft products. If you already have access to a production suite through Microsoft or Google, you might consider starting there. Many of the tools in these platforms allow you to add shapes, lines, text, images, links, and more. What you will be giving up with this option is likely a simple template and auto-connectors between ideas. What you gain is flexibility to design the map however you'd like. Another advantage is that your students will probably not need to set up new accounts to get started. This can be a big plus. If you're using Google, consider using Google Drawings or Slides. These two options give you the most control over positioning of items on the canvas. And in the Microsoft ecosystem, PowerPoint and OneNote are excellent and robust options. How do I use, How do I use Integration inspiration. Integration ideas. So now let's look at integration. Number one, process notes. Have students convert their notes into an interconnected mind map. This will help them process their learning and see connections between ideas that might otherwise seem separate. Number two, generate research questions. Have students put their main research topic in the middle circle and then branch out with related sub-questions. They can continue branching out with more specific questions from these. This can help them generate a to-do list of questions to guide their research. Number three, brainstorm possible solutions. Mind maps are great for any type of brainstorming, both individually and as a group. Students can put the problem in the middle and then brainstorm solutions that branch out from that. Number four, KWL. With this approach, you're combining the classic KWL strategy with a mind map format. Students put their new topic in the middle, then they make three sub-bubbles, one for what they know, the K, one for what they want to know, the W, and then one for what they have learned, the L. The L will need to be filled in later after they've engaged in their new learning, of course. It's the same process you've probably used before, but with a new structured format. Number five, the big six. Students can use the mind map to brainstorm answers to the big six questions. Who, what, why, when, where, and how. They can put the topic in the middle again, and then add a sub-bubble for each of these six questions. Number six, debates. With this approach, students put the debatable topic or statement in the center circle, then they branch out on two sides of their document. They put all the arguments supporting on one side, maybe the left, and on the other side, they put the other arguments. So you have a left and a right side for the two different debate positions. It can be really powerful to have students break down both sides of an issue like this to see the complexities of each argument. And number seven, essay planning. This is a classic use of bubble maps. Students put their topic in the middle and then create three to five sub-bubbles, one for each main point of their essay. From there, they add details and supporting evidence to each sub-point. And then they draw from these ideas when developing their essay. The visual nature of the mind map can help students better understand how to organize their ideas in the essay. To learn more about today's topic and explore other free resources, visit avidopenaccess.org. And be sure to join Rena, Winston, and me every Wednesday for our full-length podcast, Unpacking Education, where we are joined by exceptional guests and explore education topics that are important to you.
Thanks for listening. Take care. And thanks for all you do. You make a difference.